If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Sergio Ronchetti, the composer behind Eldest Souls. Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me, Josh. I am super glad to have you. We talked uh, a little bit before we just start recording, but you are my first composer on the show, which is very exciting because uh, first off, the soundtrack sounds amazing, but also just because I'm, I can't wait to get a little bit more uh, context around the music side of things. You know, I don't know a lot about how the magic works when it comes to how do you create a video game soundtrack. So I'm excited today to talk to you about this. But before we get into any of that, the first thing I always love to start out with is just getting to know the person, right? Who's actually working on the game. So Sergio, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into, you know, music creation in the first place? Sure. I mean, first of all, thank you very much. I'm glad you liked it. I'm, I'm, it's always nice to hear that. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I started... I left high school and I didn't want to go to university. That's how it started. I wanted to join a band and become a rock star, which is nice. what I attempted to do for four or so years. So I found I, I was I've been playing in bands since I was fifteen up until that point, and I found a band wow. that that was willing to to go the extra mile and try to make it happen. So that's what we did. We toured for four years. We played festivals. We recorded albums. And when that was finished, I realized I was tired of being tired and traveling and <laughs> not having any money and, you know, terrible diets. And so I um, then decided to kind of re-educate myself, go to uni with the intention of being a media composer, really going for film and television. It just, you know, kind of just so happened that video games came first and that was the opportunity that that I I followed instead. Wow. That's that's super interesting. Why? Um, I mean, obviously, you said it was kind of like a, a just a, a little bit of a sometimes things just take a different course, right? But mm. what was um, what was so interesting from a film TV perspective to you? Like, why did you want to uh, originally work in that area? Because I wanted to be like Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Is the short <laughs> answer like who doesn't? Um, it's it's just that yeah they're like the the rock star of the the modern composer era so I think I'm just still following that rock star vibe and yeah I get you I get you yeah right it also appealed to me working on my own I guess after spending so much time with with so many egos in one room trying to trying to write a song and and trying to put your bit in because you know you want your part to sound you know to be at the forefront of the song and it's just it's a very difficult chemistry like I have massive respect for anybody who's still in a band and, and still making it work and everything. Cause it is, it's difficult. And, um, mm-hmm. I just, I, I went the easy route and just said, Nope, I'm going to write everything by myself, be behind the computer, control everything. Really. That's all it is. I'm probably just a control freak and this is my way of showing it. But, um, it, it just, it just appealed to me writing something. So writing that kind of dramatic music for, right. for film and, and, and why not? I love watching films. I love the music and it's, it's just such an interesting art form. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I love your, your quote of you took the easy route of doing it all yourself, which I think is a little bit of an understatement and, and easy. Uh, I think you're selling yourself short there a little bit. Um, cause I'm sure it's not easy to create a whole video game soundtrack. Um, no, but it is easy being the only pers- person to answer to, I suppose, right, having right. To, to compromise as much and, and bending stuff just, just to, to make things work, so to speak. I don't know. I, I, I perhaps I, I'm only focusing on the, the negative sides of being in a band and working with other musicians. I mean, it, obviously it's great for different reasons. Yeah. I much prefer working on my own because it's in a way it gives me more room to grow and find out what I like to do, yeah. not just as a musician, but as a person and, right. um, and, and be my own boss, which is, I mean, obviously very attractive in, in terms of working. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I totally understand. I get that. I just thought it was funny hearing you say the, the easy part. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about. Yeah, it sounds kind of, silly now when I hear it back, but. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I get what you mean though. Let's, let's talk about, um, how you took that different course, right? How did you end up in video games? What happened? Right. So I went to uni with the idea of, of understanding that it was just a jumping off point. I, I wasn't going to rely on it. I knew I always had to do something. I had to figure out my own path and and fill in the blanks, so to speak. So I, I kind of just got stuck in like going to events and stuff like that, like little workshops that they put for free in, in London here in the UK. And and one of them happened to be this workshop hosted by Intel hmm. in central London. It was great. You know, they had industry leading professionals and it and studios giving talks. And I went there because a student project that I had worked on was was showcasing their their demo on like the indie showcase floor, like they had like four or five booths for people uh-huh. to show their work. And one of them happened to be John and Francesco from Fallen Flag Studio working on a very, very, very early version of Eldest Souls. Uh-huh. And I mean, it was as simple as that. I just, I got chatting with them. They had a ridiculously difficult demo. I've, I've told <laughs> this story so many times, so I forgive any, forgive me for anybody who's heard this about 20 times by now, but yes, they had one boss which was crazy difficult crazy unbalanced and i managed to beat it which is ah. which clearly impressed them enough to to want to talk to me further and um and from there yeah we just we realized how similar our situations were in terms of both being students never having shipped a title and worked on a, on a game as extensive as as we have now so it, it was perfect we, we had the room and flexibility to grow together Right. Uh, and understand what was expected of us together. Like I, I discover things along the way and think, guys, we should be using this. And then we go into it. And similarly, they were learning how to create a game, which is still like a, a miracle that any game gets shipped ever because it's <laughs> such an enormous feat for any studio, right. big or small. So yeah, yeah, that's how I started. And then, and, and the rest is kind of history. I kind of just, uh, from there, I, I seeked out more events, more networking, more people, and and got to work on a bunch of different games in between development for this one. Yeah, wow, that's uh, very interesting. I I love the idea of you having no because one of my questions was really like, did you know the team before even jumping into this? Um, it it seems interesting to me, especially from a composer side, to to join a team because a lot of people. Um, and especially from my side, when I think about like video games, a, a lot of people, I, I assume, don't really think about 
how much goes into the the music aspect and how big of an impact that plays into is this a good game right like there's a lot of emotion that comes with music so i feel like that kind of uh that that bond or that that connection that a team makes with choosing a composer is very influential I, I think you're right. I think, and I think it works both ways. I, I know there have been plenty of projects which I didn't end up working on because I wasn't the right fit. And although it feels initially kind of disappointing because you're like, oh, what did I do wrong? Like, mm-hmm. like, could I have done something better? And those are the right questions to ask, but ultimately sometimes you're just not the right fit. Right. And I, I like to quote Austin Wintory on this subject because he never goes into like a, an audition or like pitching for, for a game with the intention of tricking people into hiring him, you know, like, like I'm the best, like I'm going to convince you. It's just about putting your stuff out there and seeing if you are the right fit. And the regret should come from not shooting your shot and, and putting yourself out there rather than getting the gig, you know, right. Which is the yeah. right way to think about it. Um, it's hard to think about it if you rely on that, that kind of that financially, so yeah, hopefully yeah. You, you put yourself in a position where you don't because this really is a long-term thing for anybody in video games. It's it's uh, it takes several years to to pick up momentum, and I, I feel like that's starting for me now after three mm. or so years. So, it, it yeah, it's it's be- having patience is 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 definitely key. But emotion, yeah, that's the key word. It's I think we have to remind ourselves that you know you have to enjoy working with the people that you're going to be working with. Otherwise, you will regret it down the line. You'll either right. regret you know, putting yourself in this position where you don't enjoy something and it just ruins the passion and everything that you, you, you initially enjoyed about doing the thing that you're doing. And in my case is writing music. So, yeah, that's a very smart way to put it. Uh, I want to ask what for you, cause you talked about, you know, uh, shooting your shot and trying to, to reach that audience, but also trying to reach the right people and and work on something that fits your style right mm-hmm. what do you look for when when looking for a team or looking for you know like how does that process work when you're is it something where you just look at a game and you go oh i can i make your music like like how does that work as far as like talking with people it's a good question it's i guess i i refer back to whenever i look for somebody to work with me if i have to I don't know, subcontract some work or get some friends to help me out because I've got too much to do. And, and the people that I pick are the people that I enjoy working with first, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. and that's, that's how people make decisions in in the first place. You never go out of your way to pick the best person out there. It's, it's people make emotional decisions and more often than not, it's because they like the person they're about to talk to, you know? Right. So a lot of networking. Exactly. Exactly. Networking. And, and when you network, Crucially, it's not about like, oh, who can give me a job? It's really just going for the people that you genuinely want to make uh, friends with, you know? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. that's the way to go about it. Like, oh, that guy seems really cool. I'd love to chat with him. I, I did that with um, Kevin Regami, who, who works for Power Up Audio, because he does this, this great monthly um, Twitch stream called Real Talk. And, he, you know, you can submit your sound design reel or your composer's reel, and he'll, like, critique it in a very very um how do i say this pragmatic and fair mm. way which is fantastic and and again this guy so you know he seemed really cool i reached out to him and lo and behold he's a lovely guy and now like we chat and we're, we're really friendly and that's the kind of connections cool. you want to make it, it should be 
this should be genuine. So right. yeah, when I look for working for somebody, it's first like, does that pro does the project look cool? Do I think I can actually add some sort of value to it? And if so, then yeah, then you start chatting with them and then you kind of find out through the process, I guess. I mean, I haven't met somebody that I have not, not wanted to work with mm -hmm. so far, which is, which is great. There have been maybe some projects where I just wasn't the right fit. So right. like I said, initial disappointment, like thinking, oh, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with me? What did I do bad? And then you realize mm, maybe it's just, it just wasn't right. And then it's easy to accept, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, well, I mean, it's, it's an interesting way of thinking. And I, I love the, the little bit of background to it. Cause for me, I, it, it does seem a little, uh, it's a whole different world. Right. Um, mm. but let's talk about the actual creation that goes into this, right? So, okay. We're at the point where you are the composer for eldest souls or whatever, uh, game you're working on because i think that would be interesting too is like what is the the process like how do you start how do you get started when it comes to creating music and i'm thinking of uh you know is this something where you've played the game before is this something where you need to see screenshots or like how how do you get started and just build i guess <laughs> uh yeah great question okay so i always go i always fall back to this mantra of being prolific not perfect okay so the idea being like i try to work through um an exercise as quick as possible send something off and get review get a feedback starting feedback loop starting as soon as possible so for this project in particular it started off with me just wanting to work on a trailer that they were coming out just to, just to, to see if we we were a, a good fit for each other if we could work together right and and that's it it just started with me writing a minute of music that i thought would suit the brief that they gave me, they gave me feedback. They liked this part. They didn't like this part. And then we moved on from there. So, and, and I think the key is just working as quick at the beginning, just getting that conversation flowing as soon as possible. Like I make it very clear that the stuff that I start to send is not the final product. Like I'm not going to waste time making things, for example, sound super polished and near finished. If the feedback comes back and saying, we don't like that at all, actually. So you've just spent an hour mixing something that now we're not going to use. I'm like, great. So that was a wasted exercise, so to speak. Right. So I, I write something down real quick, enough for them to get an idea and then go from there. And, um, it, and just, yeah, it's, it's, it's really just a slow step-by-step -step process. If you look at a game, once it's complete, you think, wow, that's such a daunting task to go from like A to B, A right. to Z, sorry. But really it's, it's just tiny little increments and just jumping in really. And, and you build confidence as you go. And, and again, I champion John and Francesco for creating a relaxed environment in order for me to feel comfortable failing. Like I try an idea and I'd know that they would, the worst they could say was, we don't actually like that. Let's go back to this direction. I'm like, great. But I had the chance to try it mm. as opposed to feeling pressure to get it right straight away, which, which like, like never happens. Almost never, never happens. <laughs> like even the, the big guys out there um who who are composing stuff like that you hear them talk about how they they you know they initially failed or they, they came up with an idea that was absolutely hated and um yeah so it happens <laughs> yeah it sure does uh i'm i'm glad you brought up that that safe environment i wanted to talk about that in general of how does that that process work when you're creating these these pieces um is there a lot of of back and forth? Is there a lot of creative freedom where you you're creating a, a song and just kind of running with it and just 
bouncing those ideas off? Is there some type of more structured approach depending on who you're working with? Like how, how do you go about knowing, let's say, you know, uh, in Elder Souls specifically, right? You have a number of bosses mm -hmm. and I'm sure that they didn't all have, you know, these pieces designed right away. Was it more of like, they give you a, 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 a feeling of like what this battle will be like, or what this area will be like. And then you kind of run with that. I mean, it was so different. Like one comment I can make is that the, the, the music that I was writing at the start of this whole process is like nowhere near the same level as, as the final product. Hmm. And, and again, that was their trust in me to say like, this is cool. And they were accepting the fact that I was going to get better. Like I was telling them like, this is good, but don't worry, I will come back and revisit this track if, if I think it needs updating compared to the, right. the future ones. And, and it was definitely the case with a couple of them, especially like the Watchdog and the Guardian. Um, the first couple of bosses you, you encountered, I had to mm -hmm. go back and rewrite that like two or three times. And, and that was mm -hmm. fine because I was getting better at everything, the production value, getting better tools, understanding my tools and right. what was expected of me and, and understanding the, the fights. Cause this was the first time that I did anything sort of adaptive as opposed to film, which is just linear. You have a, a fixed start and finish. So you know exactly what's going to happen. Whereas this, you had to account and anticipate for the players reaction their gameplay their emotions and, and how you wanted them to feel and, and not being able to predict like the length of the fight and making sure that it was entertaining etc etc so a, a lot of practice and, and trial and error had to go in, in into the start of that yeah but, um uh yeah just it's it's it started like you know i send them a texture of something that i think would work and sometimes i have the boss to play the um other times all i have are it's just a gdd document like a breakdown of what the fight is going to entail and some reference photos and like really really rough animations that francesco <laughs> kind of threw together which by the way like the original watchdog for example like was all designed by him um with that i can't remember the the, the name of the software that he would use but the pixel art stuff and it was really good like it was really commendable for somebody who's not an artist right um and, and that was what i was going by so sometimes Sometimes you have a lot to go by, sometimes you don't. Ultimately, the more access you have to a game, especially as a composer and sound designer, the better the better the results that you're gonna get. So I right. had complete access. I was I was on the same like uh, Git branch workflow that they were using. So I could jump into Unity, I could mix things live using Fmod, which was just such a treat, like like being able to just put something in, play it tweak the volume and just continue playing like the, it made things so effortless so huh. yeah there you go that's that's very cool i i love the idea of um you know talking about it needs to be adaptive and it needs to be entertaining because especially with a game like eldest souls you have people who might be hearing that same track multiple multiple times because mm. they're trying to beat this boss and they might be struggling so it needs to be something where they don't keep hearing that and say, oh, I have to keep listening to this same song, right? Like it has to be something that is, has that that replayable value to it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like to, again, fall back to playing in a band. I think composers are basically like bassists. So I've gone from playing bass to still playing bass just with different tools because a bassist has to support everything that's in front of it. So everything that's like on top of it, audio, audio mm -hmm. speaking and without sticking out, 
right? Right. Otherwise, you distract from the the overall picture, which is to sound like a cohesive unit, like this this overall vision that they have. Um, and it's the same with a video game; like you don't want to break them out of this immersion. So if your songs are too catchy or slightly off-putting, or you know, you know, they, if they stick out, then all the player is going to be thinking about is, oh, the music just stuck out to me, as opposed to the move that they've just landed or the the sound that they should be hearing to warn them of an oncoming attack and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, just, just trying to enhance the, 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 the scene in the game at hand without taking away, taking away any of the light that it should be having. What a great point. Um, let's dive now into kind of how you were inspired and what, uh, helped you build out the soundtrack for Eldest Souls. So were there any other games that you uh, maybe have played to kind of research how they sound to to get an idea of what to put in Eldest Souls? Did you look at any other uh, specifically like artists out there to to get that kind of feel? How did you work from an inspiration side? I mean, the obvious influence, if it wasn't already obvious, is uh, the Dark Souls stuff, like the from mm-hmm. software games like Bloodborne. And that was directly referenced by the guys um, to me. So I picked up a copy of Dark Souls 3. Like having known about these franchises, I mean, obviously you can't ignore them. They're so big, but I, I never had the time to play them. I guess it's one of those franchises that kind of like slips, slips through the cracks sometimes. Right. So I got on there, I started playing and it was brutally difficult. Like I was <laughs> prepared, Josh, for how difficult it was. If I had bought a physical copy of Dark Souls, I probably would have like, ripped it out of my playstation and, and binned it immediately like that's how difficult like just stuck behind this like this naked guy with a sword and i just couldn't get past him and i just obsessed over trying to get past him and just and i realized like at the end like maybe you weren't ready for that fight Sergio. and i'm like no screw it i'm gonna go for it and anyway just just incredibly frustrating so <laughs> long story short i resorted to going on youtube and watching gameplay without commentary, which is just a godsend. Like thank you, to, thank you to all of the streamers out there for making my life so much easier in that respect. But yeah, just watching these boss fights on repeat. So Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne, um, and obviously, and then games that I can play like God of War, like the latest one, which was incredible. Right. Like these kind of epic battle like scenarios and, and trying to reverse engineer or, or analyze them to the best of my ability like with my ears to try and pick up like where the music might loop and and when it does change. Cause sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not, and it's not really talked about because it, it, it could be such a complicated subject to, to kind of put out there. So I, I get that. So just, um, but ultimately not, not thinking too hard about it. I wasn't going out there to do something unique and putting that sort of pressure on myself. I just wanted to get through the project and do my job to the best of my ability and, and make it work. That was it. Because yeah. I had to wear so many different hats, like the sound designer, the implementer, mixing and and composing, and so yeah, the influences were just the games that that I enjoyed. The obviously people like Mick Gordon. I mean, I, you can't ignore Doom. Is like my absolute like perfect game. Like, give yeah. me a bunch of guns and a big ass monster in front of me, and I will be happy for hours. And then like <laughs> land, like smash that with like metal music on top, like the most like brutal like sounding soundtrack and then like that's it i'm as they say in england i'm like a pig and shit i don't know if you're allowed to swear but, uh, that's the most <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> um and then um 
but but obviously the music doesn't influence like what we're doing but but his his ideology and like that legendary now now legendary gdc talk that he gave talking about how you have to keep adapting yourself in order to to make the outcome different and, and better is, is something that i definitely work by like i have it as my screensaver and i've posted notes from my quotes from my favorite composers on, to, on how to work so yeah stuff like that that was a very long answer i know <laughs> no i think it was great i i loved it it sounds like you're pulling from a lot of different places which makes sense like there's many different tones that go into this and i i, I feel like it would be impossible to just say like no i just created it it's like right like yeah right i mean i mean like specifically talking about influences i still listen to the metal bands that i grew up listening to now like that's like 80 percent of what's in my ears um in, in in a leisure point of view mm -hmm. like when i'm not working so i still champion that sort of mentality for writing stuff even if i'm i'm using orchestral uh, an orchestral palette right. i still think like a like a metal basis which is probably why the drums and percussion are so prevalent in, in all of my music because i love that driving backbone that that metal bands have mm. and i still think about what would be cool what would i like to hear and, and i wasn't classically trained and everything like that so um yeah, I just kind of let it just, I just kind of lean into the music that I like and try to translate that for, for what suits the brief in front of me. Yeah. And I think that works because I mean, it, it's the same thing with, you know, uh, the general practice of creating a game, which I've talked to many developers of is honestly, a lot of the times from a creator standpoint, what you're creating is content that you would like to consume, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the easiest way to go about it. The reason we are in video games is because we love video games, right? Right. At least for the most part, that that's how it should be in my mind. So why not start there? If you think that this game would be cool, then clearly, clearly there are other people who would as well, because you've got that influence from playing games that you've loved. So, and those games have established fan bases already. So, you know, if you love playing you know, Bloodborne and you make a Souls-like game, then there will be people who think the same way, you know? Exactly. So it's a good place to start. And um, I, I, it's the same thing with with um, putting that sort of pressure on you to make something original. I come back to this topic because I'm, I'm very passionate about avoiding this sort of toxic mentality, especially amongst composers who who look at their idols and they, they, they want to imitate them, which is fine. Mm -hmm but realizing that they've spent decades and a whole illustrious career getting to that point where they've created this sound of theirs in inverted commas is very, very important because you're not going to get that in like the first project that you do. And, and right. trying to get to that straight away is, is a, is a whole ordeal in itself. And it, it's, it's not a very enjoyable experience and, and it's only natural for us to all fall into that kind of trap of wanting to be, that good straight away. So I ignore that. I ignore that that voice in my head thinking, oh, is this unique enough? I'm like, does it work? A, does it work? Yes. B, do I like it? Yes. Done. That's it. Right. Yeah. Through the process. Your, your, yeah. your flow, your your style will come with exactly. that work. Exactly. How can it not? I mean, you are you, I'm me. Like we do things, nuanced little actions that we don't even realize we do that will make us different. Even if you go out to copy the person that you enjoy, like maybe you really love that game and you want to copy the style like down to the T, like do it. I guarantee it won't be exactly the same. You will change something without knowing or you'll have different tools. I have different instruments and different sounds to the composers that I look up to. So it will never sound the same. I have a different right. process, different limitations around me. 
different lifestyle. So that that'll come by itself. It, you know, you shouldn't be the focus. Right, right. I think that makes sense. Um, let's talk about working on this and what your biggest accomplishment is, right? What's the the one thing that you can look at this and say from this work, like, this is what I did uh, so well, whether it be learning a process, whether it be a specific like track from the, the soundtrack. Uh, what do you think is your biggest accomplishment with this project? <sighs> Jesus. That is, that is a question. That is, um, I guess proving to myself that I could do everything and I didn't, I didn't try to overshoot, didn't try Mm -hmm. to do too much. Cause as I said, like the, the sound design was kind of thrown in my direction. Like they kind of posed the question, like, would you like to do all the sounds as well? I'm like, I'm not a sound designer. I will definitely have a go because it sounds like fun. And then, and I guess. I'm happy with the fact that I was realistic, that if if I wasn't any good at it right from the start, I would have said, okay, it's not for me, guys, we need to find somebody else. As opposed to just doing it for the sake of having all the glory, thinking like, oh, he, you know, I did everything, you know? And and I didn't do everything. For example, I got my my friend, uh, Gregory White, to mix the music because he's uh, fantastic at that sort of thing. And I did not have time, nor was I any good at mixing at the start of this. So I I said, right, I'm not gonna be able to do everything. So let's let's get one of my friends to help again somebody i enjoy working with who i know is good mm-hmm. that was enough of a reason to to want to work with them um uh similarly with like recording people i had my friend elliot help me record the vocalist for the main theme so just just being realistic and and not trying to be too too cocky in the sense that that oh i can learn how to do that right. without appreciating that you know there are so many different disciplines that take years to get good at I guess that's yeah. the best thing I could say. I'm not, I'm not going to be specific about any tracks. I can tell you what well, I can tell you the stuff that I like. I'm not saying I don't think it's my right to say if it's any good or not. Like I I love certain tracks like um, a fire and water. I think. Oh, that's that's nice. actually my favorite one. No way. There you go. Yeah. So I really like it because I think it. I think the way I wrote it suited the way it was mixed, and not every track comes out that way. And mm-hmm. so, and I just really like that. I think that one hits really hard, exactly the way I want it. And I, I love, okay, so I love Terry Crews' mentality of of living the dream and pre, and just revisiting the dream that he's living, which is being an actor. So like, he'll sit down and watch, I don't know if you know this, but he'll watch episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like on his own, in his man cave, like back to back, like just reliving him acting in this series. And And, and his defense is like, you know, it's not to be arrogant. It's just, you know, I dreamt of being an actor. Now I'm an actor. So of course I'm happy. I'm going to enjoy this moment. I'm like, I love that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I will listen to my soundtrack on my own <laughs> <laughs> because I enjoyed it because I'm, I'm just so excited. The fact that I have a ship title and, and I can, I can put my name to something and, right. and I enjoy the music that I wrote. So, and I know that that's not always the case with people. Sometimes you just have to answer the, the challenge, the brief that's set before you. And it's not necessarily the thing that you want to listen to. So, so that's, I just, I just enjoy that. So I'm just happy that I've found time to appreciate the moment and not be too overwhelmed and stressed by the whole thing because it is overwhelming. Right. Right. I, I can only imagine, but I think that's amazing that you are still able to, to listen to it and enjoy it because it goes into that point that we just talked about of like creators will often create something they want to consume and it's, 
clearly working in that regards where you have the ability to be like, you know what, I'm just going to listen to the soundtrack that I made. And what an accomplishment that is, that it's not something like it's not the same feeling where, you know, it's just like, a, oh, it's a really good song. It's like, no, it's a good song that I made. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I think about it. It's it's not to be arrogant or anything or try to put myself on a pedestal. It's just it's just being really excited by the the moment kind of looking at myself from an external point of view and being like, shit, like I, I just did that. I'm like, I'm part of a video game studio. Like I just made a soundtrack. Like, that's so cool. Like, like 15 year old Sergio, like would, would not have believed that. So <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Let me ask you this though. Um, now that you've, you've created, you know, this, this full soundtrack, you've done all this work. What's what's next for you? Are you going to continue with the team? Like I'm sure they're gonna uh, create something new, create you know maybe a sequel, maybe something completely different. Are you staying with this team? Are you uh, jumping to different projects? What's uh, what's the future hold for you? I mean, I I've, I've loved working with John and Francesco, like, and I love those guys. Like, it's been great just hanging out. I think this could only happen. Well, not only, but maybe it's more possible in an indie environment where right. everybody's kind of involved in kind of everything mm-hmm. and your opinion matters more than just the, the thing that you've been hired to do. So thankfully I've been, I've got to go get so involved with these guys more because I wanted to, like, I remember them mentioning that they were, the publisher was going to take them to E3 in 2019. I'm like, you're getting me a ticket. Like I'm coming with you. Like whatever you have to do, whatever <laughs> strings you have to pull, I am coming. Like I want to yeah. be part of it. And they were like, yep, sure. No problem. Like oh, they were happy. Great. I didn't want to hang out with them equally, but but I did, and and we get along great. So, so so happy that I found people to work with and a studio where I can I can fill a kind of space that's that's required. You know, not just in terms of audio. Like I've helped them with their social media, with with um, kind of like the the website stuff, maybe a few admin things, going to conventions when they couldn't go. Like I was happy to do all of that because um, right. I felt like I had a stake in, yeah. in the thing. Because you're part of the team. You are part of the team creating this. Yeah. So it didn't start like that. At the beginning, I was just a contractor. And then, like I said, I, I, I kind of wormed my way in and kind of forced my <laughs> forced them to give me more shit to do. So um, yeah, it's that's kind of how it happened. And now, yeah, I, could, I guess if you had to put a title on like head of audio or whatever you, whatever you want to call that, whatever that means just kind of a, a formality to just say that I'm, I'm I'm more than just a contractor, which, which, which I like, again, that makes me excited. I'm like, that's it's so nice to see my name up there, part of a studio that that's, that's finished the game. Right. So yes, we are definitely working on more stuff. There may or may not be announcements soon. I can't really say anything else. It's yeah, very of course, of course. That. That's awesome though. Is there any, and not to, not to, uh, kind of throw shade on, on the team, um, or, or to, to, diminish anything that they could create but uh if you had a a dream project to work on so let's say like maybe like an existing franchise or a a random title uh of Mm -hmm. sorts what what would be the game that you'd want to work on this is this is still my instagram profile bio that i would i i dream of working on a god of war game it's not it's not gears of war like i've abbreviated to it's 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 god of war is like my dream job like I, I'm sure it will like last long enough for me to get to that level where somebody might actually consider me for the job. But yeah, like just to follow in the footsteps of people like um, Winifred Phillips in God of War One, right to mm-hmm. Bear McCreary in the last one. Like again, aside from Doom, God of War is just it's just so metal, right? You're just this this yeah. god 
fighting other gods and like taking them down like epic kind of story yeah that's what i'd want that makes sense (laughs) well i uh honestly sergio thank you so much for coming on i have one final question that i ask for all of the people who come onto our show and it's a little a little bit of advice um so for those who are in the indie space or or thinking about coming into the indie space right uh who who might want to like like let's take this from a music side right those who want to start working on video games and they're like hey i really want to help with sound design i really want to help be a composer for a video game you know what are some tips what are some tricks for for people trying to to break in to the industry so there are no tricks I have no shortcuts that they don't exist. And if they do, I'm not aware of them, but I can regurgitate the stuff that that has worked for me and the stuff that I've been taught by my mentors. So people like Akash the car who did the stuff on um, the sound design on hyper light drifter, who's Mm -hmm. got amazing resources. So I, I implore anybody out there thinking of getting into freelance game audio to check him out. It's the reason he's also the, the reason why I, coach people now and I'm getting into putting out free courses online and everything for people to learn stuff that I think they should know because um, I, I wish I had this information like right from the get-go but really it boils down to just doing two things which is practicing the chosen craft that you want to pursue whether it be sound design game dev composing and the other half is just talking to people like talking to like as many people as possible networking like crazy reaching out to people who you genuinely want to meet. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be this cold email fake thing just to try and get a gig. It should never be that. You should always think like, who would be cool to meet? And then what can I do to give them some sort of value? Whether it be just be as simple as like, hey, I really love your work on so-and-so project. Like, thank you so much for sharing this and that. And like, it's such an inspiration. Like people love hearing that. Like right. even the few that I've received like now it's so nice to hear, like who would not want to receive that? Like, thank you so much for taking the time to compliment my work. And then from there, just starting a conversation, you really, really don't know who you're going to meet who can lead on to something else. So take it step by step, but just talk to as many people as you want to. And, um, and just the other thing is, is remembering that a hundred percent does not exist. So kind of get that out of your head. Imagine that whatever you're doing, the more you practice equals the better you're going to get at it. So let's set some time aside to learn whatever you're learning, finish an exercise and then move on to the next one. And, and always appreciate that you're, you're immediately going to realize there are stuff that you could have done better and improved upon like straight away. And that's fine. You don't have to do it in that moment. You can just accept the position you're in thinking, okay, I just wrote a piece of uh, a song. It's, you know, it's a, it's trash. It's complete garbage. Like it's awful, but next time I'm going to do it slightly differently and it's going to be better. And then 20 songs down the line, I'm going to have something that, that I can say, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, just being prolific practice and talk, talk to people. That's it. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Sergio. That was a great answer. And, uh, for those listening, Eldest Souls is currently available for the Nintendo Switch, Xbox, PlayStation consoles, as well as PC over on Steam. So a lot of ways to get this. Uh, If any of it sounded interesting as far as the game uh, goes, um, obviously check it out, pick up a copy, support the developers. And if you're just interested in the soundtrack, uh, which you should be, because this was a great interview and it is a really good soundtrack, you should check it out. Um, 
go head over to Spotify. The whole soundtrack is on there. Um, we also have a link uh, that we'll send out um, later if you want to actually purchase this. Um, but once again, Sergio, thank you so much for join, uh, joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for all the kind words. And and just to add, if anybody ever wants to reach out to me, I'm like, I'm totally open. Any social media email, just, yeah, say hello if you want. Well, that's perfect. You will be tagged in our uh, our Twitter post that goes out for this. So Sweet. if anyone, you know, uh, is listening to this, you should probably already have seen Sergio's Twitter handle. Um but uh, I mean, if not, you can also uh, put it on the episode right now for those listening. It's it's literally just my name at Sergio Ronchetti, pretty much across the board. So <laughs> it should be easy to find. <laughs> All right, super super easy, uh, super approachable. Once again, Sergio, thank you for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, Josh. Like I I love this. Thank you.